When you talk to people about their care in rural and remote Queensland, there is one consistent in their feedback. They all have glowing praise for the clinicians living and working in their community. These projects aim to empower and build workforces in some of our smallest communities, helping provide equitable care with a whole lot of heart. All right, thanks very much to Ian for that very kind welcome. Um, so, like you said, we're going to be talking about Dragon Medical 1 or DMO, as what um, we'll refer to it here. So, we'll just basically crack on and see what it's all about. So, what DMO is, it's a software platform that's essentially voice-to-text, that's its predominant thing, but there's also navigation and a few other bits and bobs in there as well. Um, how do we actually use it? How do we get our voice to translate into text? There's two ways. You can access it with your mobile phone through a specialised application, or what we have been doing is also these microphones um, provided by Nuance, and this is my, by far my preferred method to use, and we'll talk about why throughout the talk as well. So a lot of the statistics that we're going to be looking at is from the pilot program, which ran for three months from June to September. We also have some ongoing sort of post-pilot uh, statistics that we'll talk about as well. So very sort of limited. We had 29 licences in that first three months. Five of those were provided to the emergency department, and I was lucky enough to be approached as one of those down in the emergency department. <laughs> to be honest, I did not think this was going to work. Um, I fancy myself as a reasonable typer. I'm not a speedster by any means, but about maybe 50 or so words a minute once you take into account corrections as well. So I thought there's no real place for this. How the hell is voice-to-text going to work in a busy and chaotic emergency department? But it does. I was also sceptical because I'm not a tech head. I don't wear a smartwatch. I have hard copy notes that I'll be referring to. <laughs> so... I am very, I was very, very sceptical. Uh, Lee, who helped kindly provide this presentation, found the exact look I had on my face <laughs> when this was floated to me. So how did things go? The first couple of weeks, I didn't really do much. Maybe a patient here, a patient there. And then I was like, nah, I, I fancy myself as a good guy. That's why I said, yes, I've got to give this a good crack to really see what it's like. After a week or two, I was like, ooh, this is interesting. This is, um, I seem to be much more efficient than I used to be. Then a few more weeks, I was totally addicted. I've gone beyond that now. I am dependent on it. I essentially would not go to work without this. Um, the only thing I would give up... Oh, actually, I'd give this up before coffee, but it's a very, very close second. All right. So I guess we'll crack on straight into uh, the statistics because that's where we really where it really sort of comes into its own. So all the graphs that we're going to be seeing over the next few slides is a few different analytics packages that this is coming from. So there's either from DMO Analytics, which is at the back end of the program, which is looking at that particular software, and also there's CERNA lights on data and CERNA advanced data, because uh, myself, I'm predominantly using this solely in FirstNet, which is an ED-specific um, CERNA package. So we're looking at some of that as well. As you can see up on there, so we've got a baseline of about 50 words a minute, is the light blue on there. We're saying that's my benchmark for typing, taking into account corrections, because I do make some errors. Straight up, nearly twice as efficient in terms of words per minute or words getting down on the page. And then it improves slightly over time and sustained at about two and a half times more efficient. 
Um, and in terms of corrections, it's very accurate. I don't have to correct much at all. You can make it even better as well. Um, it learns how to use, or it learns your voice. If there's particular words that it struggles with, you can train it. You'll type in when it hears a particular noise come out of my mouth, which might be keftriaxone or idarucizumab. It'll say, okay, I'm hearing that. That's what I'm going to type down on the page. So errors are very, very minimal. What is really hard to capture as a metric rather than quantity is quality. And I feel personally my quality of documentation has improved markedly, particularly for circumstances where you want more um, than just dot points on a page. You want a more descriptive, a more sort of prose type down. So referral letters, um, complex end of life discussions, child safety issues, domestic violence issues. Getting all that down in a time efficient manner with improved quality is where this really comes into its own. And I'm sorry if I could put that on a graph, I would, but it'd go through the roof, I'm sure of it. So here's essentially my story. Um, with its pre and post documentation. So just me, no one else's data up there. I'm probably re relatively uh, brief, I think, in terms of my notes compared to the state average. We'll see that soon. I was around four to five minutes documentation per patient pre-implementation. Um, As you can see now, it's gradually gone down. I'm sitting around that two and a half minutes per patient. So quite a significant reduction in terms of documentation time. But the actual words on the page is more. The quality is improved as well. Just, sorry, just referring to my handwritten notes. So yeah, I think the next one is really where... Oh, sorry, we're just having an issue here. Something's popped up. No. There, we go. there we go. So this, I think, is one of the most telling slides of the whole presentation. On the green line, and we have both my hospital, um, some Mackay-based hospital in the ED, and FirstNet users statewide. This has gone, this is 18 months' worth of data or so. We're approximately nine months post um, start of the pilot project. As we remember, that was June of 21, so in the middle of that graph there. Everyone in the state, on average, has gone up, and that's the same at Mackay Base Hospital. For whatever reason, it was nine minutes per patient for documentation. Now it's sitting a little bit over 12. How am I going, though? I started at six. I'm now down to a little bit over two, so two to two and a half minutes. So on average, I'm documenting my patient journey nearly 10 minutes faster than on average. So you can see the time savings are going to be drastic, particularly in a very, very busy ED. We said around, the state average is probably around 25 to 30% presentations get admitted, so 70 plus percent of people go home each day from the ED. If we can document their journey quicker, we can do their referral journey, so their referral letter quicker, we can get them out and free up those beds, reduce the times in the wait room, and improve patient satisfaction. So that really comes into its own. Just remember, I'm sitting down there in the green. The average is in the blue. For every person like me that's sitting below, there's going to be someone well above that. And think of the efficiency that they can gain through this as well. Going on here, we're breaking it down in a very... It's more specific in terms of all the separate discrete tasks that you could um, do for the patient. 
So the main one that we've been focusing on to this point is voice-to-text or documentation. As you can see, that's in the blue up there. It's more than halved. So that slice of the pie is much smaller. The nature of pie graphs, though, something is going to expand to fill up that space. So the teal green, that is the thing that I think will always expand to fill up that space that's reading the patient's chart. Yes, there's a few sort of things you can do to get faster at reading, but on the whole, that's probably going to stay as it is. The exciting thing now that is too soon to capture the data on is reducing that bright green segment, and that's the ordering. I've been in the process of working on some voice-activated bundles that I can order everything for a chest pain pathway, a sepsis patient, a major trauma. I can literally order everything we need in seconds, and we've got some of that coming up soon as well. So if we go on to a few examples. Um, so I've kept this relatively brief. Don't judge me on the clinical content. I'm making this up on the spot. If I had a patient in front of me, I'd probably be a little bit more accurate. Open new note. Patient presents to the emergency department with chest pain. Full stop, new paragraph. Patient reports pain onset at 2am, comma, dull in nature, full stop, new line, associated diaphoresis and nausea, full stop, new paragraph, significant past medical history of NSTEMI approximately six months ago, comma, two times stents deployed, full stop, new paragraph, given aspirin loading with QAS, full stop, new paragraph, pain free on arrival, full stop, new paragraph, ECG with ambulance service normal, full stop, new paragraph, Impression unplanned, full stop, new paragraph. Moderate risk, chest pain, full stop, new line for chest pain, pathway workup, full stop, new paragraph. Insert signature. Signed document. All right, so yeah, very brief note there. I think what is really important and what I wanted to sort of highlight is at no point during the creation of the note, the writing of the note and the signing off the note did I have to touch a keyboard or a mouse. The only thing I touched was this. Um, and also you can see there was no spelling errors at all in there. There's no little red squiggly line that came up on there at all. Um, so ordering is another thing. So I'll just have a very quick example of that. Order chest pain pathway bundle. So you do have to touch the keyboard for that for security purposes. You can't really take your password um, out of that realm where it's keyboard driven. You can link it to this, but it's going to open up your password to a lot of people at the back end of the system. So we've been advised not to do that. So yes, you do have to touch the keyboard for passwords, but everything else is all auto-ordered in there. So that is the bundle that got brought up. That's the chest pain pathway that I have. The things that you would order every time are pre-selected. The things you'll order sometimes were there to just tick and flick. I've tested this on multiple occasions, allowing for fluctuations in the service speed. I can get to this point of having it ready to sign off and around 10 to 12 seconds every single time. Um, I 
had a group of random clinicians from in my department. I said, I want you to order all of these things for a test patient. The fastest to order it via their preferred method was 45 seconds. They were going as slow as one minute, 20 seconds to order exactly the same thing that I can do in 10 to 12 seconds. So again, if we think back to that pie chart um, with the bright green area, that is going to be markedly reduced, I feel, once we start gathering some proper uh, statistics about it. Uh, a little bit about navigation as well, which is another new thing I've been playing with lately. Open ARP. Open results. Open interactive view. Open launch point. Open consent forms. Open MIMS. Open therapeutic guidelines. I'll just cut that off short because we're running short on time. But as you can see, we'd highlighted the cursor and that it didn't move at all. Once again, I didn't have to touch the mouse or the keyboard at any point, navigating within FirstNet itself and also outside to external web pages. There's a few other things I'm in the process of building as well to improve um, navigation of the computer and applications such as PAX and IntelliView are better as well. And what's also very interesting to this point, everything I've done, everything I've talked about, I'm pressing one single button on this. This has 10 buttons that I can program to do what I want and I haven't even unlocked that potential yet. So in terms of my efficiency, there's a lot of things I feel I can do even more than what I have done. Here we've just got a few little videos from a few other users. Um, oh, I'm going to try and get these to work. So here's our Chief Medical Officer from Mackay. Hello, my name is David Farlow. I'm the Executive Director of... Hello, my name is David Farlow. I'm the Executive Director of Research and Innovation and Chief Medical Officer for Mackay Hospital and Health Service. I'd like to take this opportunity as the Executive Sponsor to congratulate our Digital Health Solutions team, our Emergency Department at Mackay Base Hospital and Nuance with their product Dragon Medical One. The uh, outcome of the pilot study showed a significant improvement in productivity resulting in approximately one hour of clinician time saved, not in the medical record, enabling uh, more patients to be processed. In addition, uh, the potential for Dragon uh, One Medical to be used in our specialist outpatient department to improve productivity and accuracy of the uh, letters that ultimately go into the record or back to the GP. As the executive sponsor, I'll be encouraging expansion uh, over time uh, to all departments uh, to improve overall efficiency uh, of that record keeping. Thank you. All right, so just to qualify what he said in there, he said one hour saved in the pilot study. That's one hour per shift is saved on average per clinician, so that's quite a significant time. Um, I think we've only got literally a few seconds left, so I can't really go through the others, but Janine, who's here with us today, um, she said in some of her notes, which are normally three hours to write because she's a mental health clinician, she's been able to cut her time down to 45 minutes, so the time saving is amazing. Um, Janine suffers from dyslexia that affects her typing, so going from voice to text, she's allowed to work around that and become much more efficient. Um, 
So yeah, in, in terms of efficiency, I'd just like to think to our keynote speaker that we had, if we're happier with our work performance, um, we're going to reduce burnout if we're able to actually free up time to have lunch, to have coffee, to go home on time. Again, it's going to reduce burnout as well. Thank you very much. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.